Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Thursday, September 8th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we hear the harrowing story of an Uber driver who was shot at, chased, and nearly run off the road by a swarm of ATV drivers in D.C. I was like, if I stop, you know, they're going to end up killing me. So I didn't want to die, and that's why I had to, to do what I had to do. WTOP's Mike Morello verified the story with D.C. police, and we talk about why ATVs and dirt bike crews have eluded police for years. Unfortunately, they're having a good time, but... The big discussion and the big thing to take home from all the uh, law enforcement agencies and others who are trying to find these people are that they're stopping traffic. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. It's a familiar sight in D.C., especially on weekends, as ATV drivers race down major roads, oftentimes breaking traffic laws and intimidating other drivers. To be clear, it's not legal to drive an ATV or a dirt bike in the nation's capital, but caravans of these off-road vehicles continue to roll through the city. And on Sunday night, as Uber driver Javier Gutierrez found himself in the middle of one of these groups, things got a little scary. WTOP's Mike Murillo talked to Gutierrez, and Mike joins us now remotely. Thanks for being here, Mike. Yeah, good to be here. And, you know, one of the things here is Javier is an Uber driver, so he was working Sunday night in the nation's capital. And for the most part, his night started as any other night, right? You pick up a person, you drop a person off. Mm. But what happened by 9 o'clock, things totally changed for him. He was down there near the Union Market area. He just dropped somebody off, he said, at a high-rise there. And that's when he was trying to go pick up another passenger. I encountered a group of uh, of around 10 people riding those uh, illegal uh, auto vehicles. And so I went into an intersection and they had the they had the red light and I had the green light. He wasn't quite sure what intersection. He knows it was H and 4th, but I guess when you're going through this sort of situation, he at the time when I interviewed him, he wasn't quite sure where exactly he was. But at one point, he had a green light and he was going through it. So I tried to find a gap in that group so I could slowly go into to the green light and one of them hit the front of my vehicle that led to a whole situation for him in which all the attention from this crowd turned to him and how many vehicles were there did he tell you kind of you know as he was driving into this intersection like was there was it a swarm did he give you kind of any imagery around that that moment before things really escalated he just said there were a bunch of them. I'm guessing in that time, obviously, you don't have time to count. Right. All he knows is fair. at one point, the attention was turned to him. I instantly panicked and started driving away. Because they were all coming at his car, according to him in his words. And I verified all this with D.C. police, wanted to make sure the same story was told to police. Because there again, we don't have any witnesses in this case yet. Mm-hmm. That's what he's hoping to get by sharing his story, people who may have seen him. And that's the other tricky thing about this and and why D.C. police um, have had such trouble tracking these drivers down because there are so many. It happens so quickly and you're kind of overwhelmed as a driver, you know, if if you're surrounded. Right. You can't really see they have helmets on. You can't really see their faces. A lot of times they have helmets on and they're driving so erratically. It's hard to see the license plate. I mean, it's almost like if it was one driver, it'd be easier. But there's so many 
right? It's harder. I, I wanted to see, Mike, did, did he tell you at all? Did he kind of see it coming at all? You know, he did not see it happening, but he was obviously nervous in how he was talking to me about maneuvering slowly through this crowd of the of the ATVs and dirt bikers. Yeah. So I think he had some you know, trepidation going through this group. And so anyway, the collision started, but obviously this, in his words, didn't end as something where he felt comfortable getting out of the car and exchanging information. They were not coming to you know chat with him about the situation. So he said he sped off. And that's when he admitted to breaking numerous laws to try to get away from this group. They started following me. So I started speeding and they kept on following me. And one of the dirt bikers took out a gun and they fired uh, several shots. And a couple of those shots made into my car. He heard the gunshots. Now, at that time, he didn't think his car was hit. He didn't know what was going on. He just wow. said gunshots. So he went even faster and started going through city streets, uh, trying to escape this crowd, which he eventually did. As I kept going, I kept going for around a mile. I was like, you know, speeding through residential streets. I was running traffic lights. I was running stop signs. I tried to get as far away as, as I could from them. And eventually I was able to to outrun them because I was going pretty fast. And this all comes to a close near the Marine barracks there in Southeast. So again, we're starting in our Union Market mm -hmm. in Northeast and ends in Southeast when he sees some Marines on the side of the road, he says. And he felt safe enough to stop the car. And he said a few blocks before, that's when the group seemed to have disappeared. He outran them or whatever. And that's when the Marines helped call 911. He got out and he saw two bullet holes in the back of his car. And so we're talking about a full-fledged chase here where there's a group of ATVs and, and off-road bikes, you know, chasing this man through D.C. When he was telling me this story, all you can picture is the movies, right? You know, going through the red lights, speeding through the streets. Mm -hmm. That's how he described this whole situation. He said, I was afraid to stop because he was afraid they'd kill him. I was like, if I stop, you know, they're going to end up killing me. So I didn't want to die. And that's why I had to, to do what I had to do. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I did ask him, like, did you try to call 911? He said he did when he felt safe. But while you're maneuvering a car through a city like that and going fast, he said he didn't at that time get a chance to call 911. So he didn't get to make that call until afterwards. So now we're playing catch up for him, right? He wants us investigated. He's hoping neighbors, people in that area, go look at their ring camera and maybe they caught some of this. So maybe police have something more to go on because right now police have his story, but they don't have witnesses other than him saying what happened. What's pretty amazing, too, is not only that he wasn't hurt, but that no one on those streets were hurt. I mean, if they're driving erratically and they're trying to get, you know, he's trying to get away from these guys. I imagine there's only so much you can control as a driver, right? As someone yeah. didn't pop out in front of him or a kid or right? whatever. And but, shots were being fired. Right. Yeah. So, so Mike, tell us about that. Did, were they able, you said that, that it hit the back of his car. Yeah, it hit the back of his car. So when he called 911, finally, after he got to stop, he found two bullets in the back of his car. Wow. And Forensics did come up and he said they looked at his car, but they didn't see the bullets. Maybe they fell out while he was driving away or maybe they're somewhere in the car where they couldn't see it. So right now he says there are no bullets for evidence right now. Other than the bullet holes, that's really all they have to go by right now. Police, all they have is his story again. Yeah. Two holes in the back of a car. Right. No charges. There's no one to charge. Yeah, there are potential charges right now. It's assault with a deadly weapon and destruction of property. But remember, he wasn't hurt, thankfully, in this situation. So that's all police have to go off right now. Mm. And when you were talking to Gutierrez, you know, what was his feeling? Is he OK to get back on the roads and, you know, 
do his job, basically be an Uber driver again after this happened? The short answer is no. He said after this, he's going to pick a job that's less dangerous, in his words, because after that, it left him pretty shaken. Yeah, I decided it's no longer worth it to drive for Uber. I'm just going to look for another job that doesn't involve, you know, dangerous situations. We'll see what he says after, you know, weeks and go by and he gets some time to, you know, recuperate. And yeah. uh, for right now, he said he's done being an Uber driver. I mean, I know people who are in fender benders who aren't comfortable getting back in their car for the exactly. first couple of weeks. So that makes sense. And and obviously, without any charges, it's going to be very difficult for him without going through insurance, I am sure, to like fix his car. Yep. I think that's the least of his worries. His big thing now is he wants to find the people who he says is responsible for what happened here. I mean, I don't wish evil on anybody. I just hope they can find other ways to spend their time that don't involve, you know, risking other people on the road. And when you talk to police about this specific incident, did they talk at all more broadly about, you know, this issue of groups, caravans of ATV and dirt bike drivers, you know, going through the city? Is is there any pattern or more information we can know? Well, right now, police aren't saying other than uh, there was a confrontation with a four wheeler and a driver. I think they're right now because they don't have the evidence to say so. They can't say it was a group of these people yet. Mm -hmm. So right now, again, you just have Gutierrez's story. Um, But at the same time, we got to remember there has been a bigger discussion about these groups throughout the city. We had D.C. putting up a wanted poster, essentially, if you remember, was maybe a year or so ago with all the pictures they have of the people who are riding these illegal ATVs and bikes in D.C. So, you know, there is an effort going on in the city to try to find the people who do ride these bikes that are not insured, don't have license plates, obviously some of them not road worthy Mm -hmm. vehicles and the stunts and the different things you have. So if it was one of these groups of, uh, you know, people going through, you can only imagine that they're probably looking through surveillance photos and surveillance video that they have access to to see what they can find here. And that's one of my questions that I'm still waiting to get an answer on to reaching out to the Office of Unified Communication, see if there are any more calls that evening for, you know, a group of ATV and dirt bikers. But we hear about them in traffic a lot. So we do know they do exist out there. And I know D.C. has a program where if you see a group of ATV and dirt bike drivers and riders, you can call a number. And if that call results in identification of the ATV and the identification of the person driving it, you can actually get up to $250 cash. So I know D.C. police you know, is trying to get creative in how to solve this problem. Yeah, no, there are some incentives being offered by multiple agencies. I mean, if you think Prince George's County deals with this, Montgomery County, we've heard about them on 270. So and in Virginia, I mean, they'll go along the Beltway. We'll right. hear about in traffic. They'll stop traffic. And, you know, drive around in their circles and do their tricks. And, of course, you know, unfortunately, they're having a good time. But the big discussion and the big thing to take home from all the uh, law enforcement agencies and others who are trying to find these people are that they're stopping traffic. But even more so, right? What if an ambulance needs to make it through that crowd? You know, the, the list can go on of things that they could be preventing. So when you have this added element of people stopping the road, just to do this sort of thing. You know why they have an effort underway to try to catch these people. It's not a new problem, but it definitely is something similar to carjacking where it's hard to get a handle on it. It's it's yeah. very scary. Mm. And if it happens to you or to someone you know, I mean, it can be life-changing. So, Mike Morillo, thank you for bringing us this story. And hopefully we can follow up if Gutierrez actually ends up getting justice or if you hear more about calls from OUC. That'd be really interesting to follow. I'll let you know. Thanks, Mike. 
And after the break, Megan, is it time to start ordering pumpkin spice lattes? Yeah, when does fall begin? Am I supposed to be dressed in all plaid? We're going to talk about it. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, we're going to settle a dispute here at the end of this show about, you know, when is fall? When does it really start? Okay, this is my take and I've said this for years. 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 <laughs> and they feel like, back in my day. Okay, so fall doesn't start till October here. And spring doesn't start till April. Wow. March March is still cold here. Yeah. It's still winter. I just think we, you know, whether it's climate change or it's just always been that way in D.C. for the longest time. Right. It just seems like we kind of had an extra month at the end of each season. Summer kind of hangs around here. Yeah. I mean, you can still wear, it's just funny because you can still definitely wear sundresses and shorts and be comfortable. Mm. But you feel like you want to be wearing plaid <laughs> and like nice woolly coats and right. drinking warm beverages. It's not time yet, people. Right. Yeah, it's not time. The two timestamps we do have kind of go counter to your proposition. September mm. 1st is a meteorological fall marker. And then September 22nd is the astronomical fall marker. Oh, interesting. So, you know, maybe you're more of an astronomical kind of fall gal. I think I am. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say is college football has is well underway. Mm-hmm. NFL starts tonight, and football is like a very, you know, it's a very fall thing. That's true. That's so true. So that makes me feel like, okay, football's on, maybe it's fall. Right. The weather needs to catch up is basically <laughs> what, you're, <laughs> what you're saying. Yes. yes. And I heard you had a successful NFL draft last night. Uh, I mean, we'll see if it's successful. I do have a team, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good start. Success number one. Um, we'll see how Trey Lance does tonight. Um, mm, he's my QB. QB. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 22 years old. Hasn't started you know, for NFL team. So this is his first year starting. So he's kind of a risky pick. He could, you know, be a sensation. Yeah. Let's hope. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I don't have a fantasy football team, but I, I wish you the best of luck. Hey, thanks. I'll keep you updated. And uh, just to close out here, I think I'm going to say it. Autumn. I like the word autumn more than the word fall. You know, autumnal. It's just kind I of. Can, I, I, I can get on board with that. It's called autumn now, you know. Why not? And then I'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602, and our managing editor is Craig Schwab. Our music is also by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and tell us who your fantasy quarterback is, or your running backs maybe. Follow us on social media where we post content every day from behind the scenes of the show, and of course you can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and of course on the WTOP News app. Have a great night and we'll see you tomorrow.